beautiful people, best damn nation. It is Wednesday, and you know what time it is. It is the best damn wrestling podcast. I'm your humble host, Brian Renegade, and with me, I have the best damn crew. Uh, I have the man who does everything. He is everything. His name is Mr. Everything, Victor Andrews. Hello, sir. What? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's going on? It was on my, this way, on my left. <laughs> well, you guys left my right, or whatever, how it works. Sing this man right face. here, the senior, senior big face, Grande El Gordo. <laughs> uh, Capitan, Mr. Best Damn Wrestling Podcast himself, Brian Renegade. Well, hello, everyone. Good to meet you all. Uh, thank you for watching the show. And thank you, Mr. Everything, for that great intro, man. You're getting better and better as the weeks go by. Oh, uh, man. Uh, what's happening with you, my brother? Man, listen, uh, I am working on some big, 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 big things, big things, big things. Big things. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I've, the little announcement that I made about the 17th, this past 17th, did not work out for me. But I will go ahead and reveal it to everyone. I was supposed to be at Monday Night Raw this past Monday. However, my, uh, my paperwork did not come back fast enough. And so they had to cancel my booking, but it is okay. I got it all sent in, ready to go, and you guys should be able to see me on some WWE TV programming in the coming one weeks, months, days. is is going to happen before twenty twenty three is over. You guys are going to see me on TV, and I am now a certified personal trainer. So, all right, uh, you know what, sir, I might have to get. A little personal training done, man. I was, you know, it was funny. I was watching. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Marvel movie fan, man, and I was watching Thor, the newest Thor, Love and Love and Thunder that came out. And uh, me and my old lady sitting there watching, and she was like, "Baby, you look like Fat Thor." I was like, "I got to get my ass in the chip. <laughs> I got to get there ASAP." Uh, I'm not that bad, but you know what I'm saying. I, wow. you know, I've been, I've been walking around. You know what I'm saying. I've been stretching a lot. You know, you know, getting these knees to working. You know what I'm saying. Trying to get these man boobs off, but it's okay. I'm still in good shape. I only need like three good gym sessions, and I'm okay. I'm back in shape. I got that snapback jack. Yeah, I got three, that snapback. Three good, three good gym sessions. Three, three good, three good ones. Like three solid. Gym sessions and maybe two strong poops. I'm back in shape. You know what I'm saying? I got abs and everything. You know what I'm saying? Uh, don't do that. Like pooping is not part of fitness, sir. Uh, that's why you eat five. It, you it, it is. It is. You eat your eat your fibers and, and eat your vitamins and you know and and exercise your demons. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Man, let's get into it real quick, man, because uh, being a, a personal trainer is a big thing, man. And you being a professional wrestler, that kind of fits right in your wheelhouse, man. Tell us about uh, how you got up on this journey, man, and are you excited uh, what the future holds for you in, in your trainings? 
Absolutely. So my my mentality is always being able to have something more than just being a professional wrestler. And one of the things that I always said is, if I get signed to WWE, in the event that I get hurt and I cannot wrestle, I want to be able to still have a something to offer to WWE, whether it's a personal trainer or an athletic trainer. I want to be able to have something to fall back on. I have the modeling, you know. <laughs> I have the acting. <laughs> I have the acting. So those two things I can fall back on in terms of entertainment, but I want to be able to still have a job or something to where something that I love doing and professional wrestling uh, is something I love doing. Personal training falls into everything that we do in professional wrestling because you got to be able to pick each other up, slam each other, throw each other around, and also be able to walk, go home <laughs> in your yeah. own car, drive yourself <laughs> home. So, drive yourself home. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So I'm excited, man. I've got my LLC running. I've got a bunch of different things happening in the business. It's about to start booming. Uh, I'm hoping to have something, God willing, if it's in his will, uh, I will have my own performance center running before the year is out. All right. All right. You got a name for it, sir? You got to start thinking about names for the performance center? The best damn wrestling performance center. I'm there you kidding. go. Yeah. <laughs> ah, the best damn training school. You know what I'm saying? Best damn wrestling school. You know what I mean? I like that. The best damn wrestling school. You know what I'm saying? Anything can be possible, man. Hey, man. Only thing you got to do is believe, man. Uh, beautiful people, man. Let's check out Mr. Everything, man. As, as he uh, does a little uh, workout session, you know what I'm saying, for your people. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, speak, sir, because you were a little, little muted right there. But go ahead, tell us what we oh. what you were doing. <laughs> so, imagine picking up that tire at 130, 140 pounds, all dead weight. Um, that particular movement helps you in terms of doing a suplex. Who knew, right? So, uh, I always go out there after I finish it, an entire workout with my trainer. Um, Coach Hall down at Shaw University. Um, I always go outside and I grab the tire and I see exactly how much I can actually endure. And that's after a full blown out, all upper body workout. I go out there and I pick up the tire and see how much I can hold. So I'm getting stronger and stronger every day. Oh man, stronger and stronger every day. Uh, <laughs> I think I can do the tire thing, I can pick it up, you know, just. I don't think right now, but you know, like you know, tomorrow after I hit the gym, I might be able to pick up a tire too. It might be like a bike tire. It might not be that big, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We shall see. Oh man, I gotta get some training tips from Mister Everything. I just gotta get back on on the bike, man. That's it. You know what I'm saying? I just gotta get back in the wheelhouse of the gym, Jack. Uh, let me ask you another Absolutely. question, man. Being an athlete, how hard is it to keep your uh, your body in shape? Especially when you're like, you got downtime and you can, you know, cheat a little bit. 
Uh, how important is it to, to keep your fitness up uh, when you're on the off season when you're not wrestling? What's an off season? Oh. <laughs> wrestlers do not have off seasons. <laughs> wrestlers do not have off seasons. We're, we're constantly going, constantly going. Uh, I did have a moment where I was rehabilitating that injury I had with my neck where I couldn't do anything. So I was eating every and anything around the house. I was sitting still. Anytime I'm sitting still, I get hungry and hungry. It's like my metabolism speeds up. Um, so I did gain a lot of weight. Uh, I'm burning a lot of it off now. But I sometimes I do, some wrestlers I know, will gain weight just to gain some size and then just chisel it down. So um, that's pretty much what I'm doing now. I'm trying to gain a little bit of weight, get a little bit more size, a little bit of yeah. more girth. More, that, a little more girth on that yeah, arm that, right that, there. That's, that's what I'm doing, too. That's what I'm doing, too. I'm, I'm gaining weight so I can lose it. Chisel it. I'll, I'll drink to that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Chisel that thing a little bit. Oh, man, but uh, congratulations, uh, sir, on that whole thing, man. Uh, if you need some training for Mr. Everything, whether it's boxing training, wrestling training, uh, fitness training, or to train your mind, go to Mr. Everything, because Mr. Everything does everything. Absolutely. <laughs> what you got going on there, brother man, brother man? How was the family uh, visit with the laminated uh, um, order of events. They want to come back. They want to come back. <laughs> they had an absolute uh, great time, man. Uh, I got my my mom coming up again, and and my sister is coming back up in June, so she's going to be in uh, who? Not not um, Jesus Christ, Sedona. I was trying to think of the name. It started with S. <laughs> uh, she's going to be in Sedona, man, which is absolutely beautiful in Sedona. It kind of reminds you of like Asheville a little bit. The the, the feel of it. Uh, Phoenix is more like uh, a Charlotte and Raleigh kind of combined, you know, just like with a lot of stuff going on. But uh, they loved it, man, and they definitely going to come back. Uh, I got to create a different itinerary, the one for, for adults, because I had a bunch of kids stuff on there. You know, they told me last minute that the kids was coming. I was like, look, I had the casino and drinking and all kind of stuff that the kids can't do. So I had to change it a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but it was cool, man. I, I absolutely loved it, man. And, uh, you know, they're coming back up, and I'm going to have a different itinerary then. Uh, if you guys want to check out the itinerary that I made, and uh, if you're in the greater Phoenix, uh, Arizona area, man, you want to do some of the stuff, uh, you can hit me up. I actually going to start making a couple of these, couple of these guides. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm also a food reviewer. Um, I've been doing food reviews since 2016, 17. Um, and so I got some projects coming. I don't want to talk about it right now, but I got some projects coming uh, where you're going to see your boy uh, doing some food writing uh, and some more food videos. So if you're foodie like me, uh, just go into my, you know, my social media pages, check me out. You'll see what I got going on. But in two ways, we got to get into the world of wrestling. Uh First of all, before before we get started, you know, right, we're usually a four-man team. Uh, you know, we're we're pretty busy, so we kind of fluctuate. Uh, we want to send healing prayers about healing prayers over there to our buddy Chef Man. Uh Chef is a little down under the weather, so he's getting be better right now. Uh so best damn nation. You can put some hearts in the comment box and send your love for Chef. And uh 
LP is getting ready for his big fancy smancy uh fashion show that he's putting on uh in Durham, man. And if you want to go to it, I advise you guys to go check that out. It's gonna be something big. It's called the Renaissance Fashion Show. It's at the Durham Armory. Um, and LP would like for you to come to that thing. I believe it's next weekend, man. It's gonna be an absolute great show. Uh, when you go check out your boy LPZ. But anyway, let's get to this wrestling. Um, Mr. Everything, the draft is here. Um, I'm excited about the draft. They're hinting at a lot of things within this draft, and there's going to be a big shakeup. You got some people coming from NXT, some people uh, from Raw and SmackDown kind of mingling and, and mixing. It's crazy because the shows really don't have an identity to me anymore because the stars have been going on each other's shows. I know the draft is happening and everybody is kind of trying to show and prove. Uh, but the shows are kind of looking the same. SmackDown is not quite looking like SmackDown. You know what I mean? With an influx of new stars there. Uh, Raw, it just got everybody on the damn show. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's... It, but I do enjoy that because it does lead to some new possibilities and some storylines. Um, let's go over to Monday Night Raw, man. We saw a lot of stuff go down. Um, first, I want to talk about Mike the Miz. Um, I always uh, praise the, the crafty wrestlers, man. And Mike the Miz, he's had probably one of the biggest chips on his shoulders uh, in the industry. I still don't think that he gets the praise and the acknowledgement that he needs as far as bringing in new talent and really putting wrestlers over and making everybody look good and making the show run. But Mike the Miz and uh, Seth Fricker Rollins had a match on Monday Night Raw. Uh, it was an absolute banger, man. And that's usually we don't say that about the men's matches. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely right. The men's <laughs> banger matches. But this was one of the one of the matches where I felt like the men's had something to prove. He's been on a losing streak. He's had everybody kind of going over him a little bit. Um, and he's almost becoming an afterthought. And I'm trying to figure out what where the Miz is going because the Miz never really has any storylines. He kind of is always in the middle of somebody else's storyline or somebody else's. Mm -hmm. um, but the Miz put on an absolute great match, man, against Seth freaking Rollins, where the Miz was the aggressor the whole entire match, and then at the end, you know, Seth freaking Rollins pulled out the curb stomp, and one, two, three, it was over, but. I was more impressed with the Miz and what he had to show, Mister Everything. Do you think the Miz has a chip on his shoulder, man? And do you think the Miz has something to prove before this draft comes up? I think the Miz is falling into the same category as a lot of the other legends that are moving on to other things. You know, the Miz—he's always been an entertainer first. He's right. doing, uh, you know, Dancing with the Stars. He's doing. Uh, you know, some musical now and everything else. So I think Miz is doing his last hurrah in terms of wrestling. And he's wanting to show, like, before he walk out those doors and go and, and do all his other ventures, he's wanting to show you that he's still who he always has said he was, is the man with the big grapefruits and <laughs> the, the awesome one. Um, but it was a, an amazing match. I, I was very caught off guard by how good it was because 
you know, Monday Night Raw all together was really good. SmackDown was really good. And it was so it was several matches that really caught my eye. And this was definitely one of them because of the Miz being in it. Um, you know, they talked about how Miz has not had so much good luck in in recent time, recent history, with him losing to um Pat McAfee on WrestleMania night one. And then Snoop Dogg on WrestleMania night two. If you notice they didn't even mention Shane McMahon. No mention of Shane McMahon. No mention of <laughs> the Transformer. <laughs> yes. Oh but, man. You know, they, they did mention the fact that he has been on, you know, a string of bad luck. Um, I think the last storyline he's actually had was with um what's the, the weird guy name from Dexter Loomis. Yes, Dexter Loomis. That was the last storyline he's had. So, and, you know, he's had a little something going on when he was paired up with um, Tomasa Ciampa. So, we'll see how the Miz is going to do from now until SummerSlam. Maybe he's getting prepared for SummerSlam. Anything can be possible at this point. Anything can be possible, man. I think the Miz is uh, one of those guys who could be um, a a player on any roster, man, because the Miz always makes things interesting. And he's probably one of the best on the mic. I know um, a lot of people say, what's what's my man from AEW? Uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman yeah. is one of the best. Yeah, he's one of the best on the microphones. I don't know. I You know, <laughs> he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's good. Um, I don't know if he's touching the Miz, though, man. You know, and... and and I think I think go ahead. I think the difference between the two of them is MJ up is good because he just does the realism of whatever he says. Like it's like he will come up to you and say, "Yeah, I I bottle fed your your son while you were laying in the hospital," type stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like he would go very very personable um, with his promos, where the Miz doesn't have to do that and still grabs your attention. He still keeps it within the character of what he's doing and who he's facing rather than saying, you know what? Uh, like if he's talking to Roman Reigns, he's talking to Roman Reigns. He's not talking to Joe. I know I, you know what I'm saying? So um, I think that's the big difference between the two of them is how the Miz can stay in character and MJF's brain is so personal. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, man. MJF is absolutely great on the mic. Uh, you know, it's a little, it's a little scary. I I can imagine that every time MJF is on the microphone, Tony Khan just pees a little bit. He just because he doesn't know what these guys are saying, man. I know Tony Khan made a comment not too long ago that he has some of the best talkers in the industry, and I don't know if I quite agree with that. You know what I'm saying? But he has some pretty good people, but they don't really carry on really good storylines. I have not really been that invested into any of the AEW storylines um, where I'm emotionally invested as a fan. I think it was it was some that came kind of close. I think the story of Warlow was doing, done really well uh, when Warlow and MJF had the whole feud going back and forth and it was kind of like uh, the, the, the rich boss kind of keeping the man down uh, which the story has been done a, a dozen times, man. But I think they did that really well. Um, 
But other than that, it hasn't been too many storylines that I've been investing into. I know uh, John Moxley and um, what's my man name, the Cowboy. Uh, well, Page. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Hangman uh, Page. Man, they had a storyline going on uh, where it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, uh, and they've said some great things to each other, cut some pretty good promos, but. I wasn't that invested into it. Like, I didn't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I think the thing with, with AEW, even though they put on some really great wrestling matches, like, make me care. You know what I'm saying? I, I really right. don't. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's Let's let's talk about that real quick. And I know we're kind of getting off, off subject for Monday Night uh, Raw's Hot Topics. But I want to kind of get into it, man, where you've seen some of the wrestlers uh, that were fired from WWE go to AEW and uh, they start doing things. But for me, a lot of wrestlers, there there are few wrestlers that transition over from uh, WWE to AEW that are making an impact, right? Mm-hmm. I think that Adam Cole is one of those guys who are on the AEW roster. If he stays healthy enough, he can really make an impact on any roster that he's on. But I think uh, his career has transferred really well to uh, the AEW crowd. Um, also, uh, Samoa Joe, he's doing really well, uh, but he's on Ring of Honor. Like I said, I don't understand that whole dynamic. I don't know if Ring of Honor is a whole another brand and it's under AEW, or if they're working alongside just like they do uh, New Japan and, and AAA. So I'm not too sure about that whole thing, but um, I seen Ember Moon. Ember Moon went over and she became Athena, and she's now the Ring of Honor champion uh, for the female side. So she's doing good. And then Swerve Strickland, Swerve Strickland is doing really well. But why? I got a question. Why? Why aren't some of the talent and the stardom of some of these stars who were stars in WWE? Why isn't that translating over to AEW effectively? I think it's more so the booking of everything. They have Keith Lee, who came from WWE, who was this monster of a guy. Um, and he was in a red woman matched his stardom. You know, that's the stardom of a Keith Lee. Let me, um, let me, let me pause you real quick because. Yeah, let me let me pause you real quick because your, your mic is going in and out. Um, and I, I think I right, I really want to hear what you what you have to say on that topic um, because it's, it's something that I think is is interesting, man. Like I think some of the people who are doing good, like Keith Lee, I don't know what Keith Lee is doing right now. You know what I mean? Keith Lee, cause I swear Keith Lee looked like he's eighty six years old, bro. And, you know, if you're an entertainer, bro, like, it's a difference. If you're a wrestler, that's fine. But if you're an entertainer, you have a certain look. Keith Lee, just dye your hair, bro. I know you're naturally great. But it does not look good with you on that. Like, either shave your head or just kind of dye it a little bit. But when you have, when your whole face is entirely great, I think that kind of brings down the stock a little bit. I want to see Keith Lee do better on the main roster. I want to see... Uh, and especially the females, the females have not transferred, uh, translated well at all. Uh, you look at Ruby Soho, 
Ah, she's really not doing anything. Uh, she's with this new group with her page and uh, and Tony Storm, but they had to kind of click up because they didn't know what what was happening. They didn't know what was going on. Because everything's going to try to fix the mic a little bit, um, but to keep this going, I don't know how well um, some of these these signees who's crossed over from WWE and now they're on AEW product. I don't quite know how well that's translating on main on the main roster when it comes to getting more eyes on the product. I know that Soraya or Paige, who she was affectionately known in WWE, and she's even had a, a movie made about her family on WWE product. Uh, Paige made the transition over, and I thought that was going to be really big for the women's division there. But when Paige got there, she did absolutely nothing. She just kind of blended in with everybody else. And then she kind of clicked up uh, with Tony Storm. And um, it, it kind of like become relevant again. And I'm not sure uh, how that whole thing works. Let's see if uh, you can give us an answer, man. How do, how do you think, especially with the women's division, um, what do you think they're missing in AEW? Uh, as far as the women's division, I know they have a, a, a champion in Tony Storm, who is a homegrown talent. But like I was saying, uh, some of the WWE uh, talent that went over to AEW, they're really not doing too well. I have to say, um, it's only a handful of them who are, are doing pretty good. But not everybody's doing well in the female division, the women's division. Um, they have some people who can really go, but. Soraya came there. She did nothing. Tony Storm came there. They didn't even recognize her as a real champion. Ruby Soho went there and then got hurt and then came back and, and it's kind of doing nothing with the whole thing. Uh, let me know what your thoughts on on that. Uh, why the stardom for a WWE star doesn't quite translate when they go over to AEW. Mr. Everything. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. All right, for some reason, I'm quite now. Can you hear me now? Yeah, can go ahead. Uh, I, like I was saying earlier, I think it's more so the, the matching of the stardom. You don't have anybody to match anybody's uh, level of uh, fan interaction and stardom. Um, you have somebody like Tony Storms who who she doesn't have anybody to really combat her in terms of bringing her up. You know, when, when she was on NXT, she had people like Rhea Ripley and, and Asuka and, you know, all these different stars who can push her to another level. But in AEW, you don't have too many women or too many men that can actually push a lot of these superstars to another level. Even Keith Lee. When he had a match with Roman, one of his biggest things and one of the biggest things that draw, drew a lot of eyes to him, um, now he's on AEW. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have anybody to really – I mean, he has people, but they're not putting them with him. If you put him with somebody like Daniel Bryan, that may be able to pull him up. Put him somebody with like Cesaro, that may be able to pull him up. But you got him with somebody like Shane Strickland, which nothing against Shane Strickland at all. He's an amazing talent, an amazing superstar. But he does not have that large star power like mm. a lot of the other ones. Like put him, put him with Kenny Omega. What are they waiting for? What what, what is the delay in putting him with some of these guys who have these bigger names that he can actually go with? I, I just don't understand. It. 
I think you're right, man, uh, in that aspect of having the right type of person to bring your stardom up. And you, this is the thing. You can put on a great match. You can put on an amazing match, five-star match. But if all the matches are great matches and nobody's remembering them, it doesn't really matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, if nobody's... if, if For instance, I know a lot of uh, AEW matches I watch... And it's, it's it's great. It's full of spots, though. I'm not a big spider guy. I need, I need a little bit of story, you know, because wrestling with a lot of spots, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Uh, oh, uh, that was a great match. But then I forget about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't, it's nothing that I remember about it. At least, you know, I, you know, I care about storylines. I really care about storylines. And I really want AEW to kind of pick up their storyline game to really make the fans care about watching their product. Other than that, it's just it's just wrestling, and, and that's great. I appreciate it for what it is, but the storyline is what makes you emotionally invested and makes you want to care. And I can see a great match and then forget about it. Like, you know, I can see a great UFC fight and watch somebody get pummeled and then forget about it the next three seconds. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it got to be something behind yeah, that to exactly. kind of draw you into it. That's why the UFC started doing all these promos and and weigh-ins, and they trying to tell the story of the fight and about to make you emotionally invested. Because other than that, you're not going to really care too much about two people just fighting. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, why Why should I care about that? You know what I mean? And, and, and that's exactly. just to be honest Absolutely. with you. Um, but I really want to see more storylines coming that way because I think AEW has some amazing talent there. They do. They have some really, really great talent. And I think they're going to start losing people if they don't start using some of these these talent the right way. You know what I'm saying? For instance, why? I, I keep saying this. Why isn't Jade Cargill? And I know she got her TBS built, but it really doesn't mean anything. Let that go to somebody else. Why isn't she fighting for the main title? Why are they so threatened to put her as the face of the company? And she's been almost the face of the women's division for a little bit because she has been the TBS champion and they've been trying it on different people. Jamie Hayter is not working. It, it works for the core base, but it doesn't do anything for their product. Jamie Hader is not working. Why aren't they putting the battery in Jay Cargill's back? I know she's what, like 15 and 0 right now? That's a great record. She she has a great undefeated streak right now. But why aren't they putting Jay Cargill at, at the front of their product? And Jay Cargill is a, can be a real star if they push her that way. She she is she is built like a star, she looks like a star and when it comes to that women's division, she is kind of the only star other than Britt Baker. You know what I'm saying? When I think about the women's division down there, man. I mean, not, like I said, don't get me wrong. They have some talented females. But, you know, when it comes to that star power, they really don't have that. And that's why their women's division, I feel like it's, it's fading a little bit because they don't have they have women that are moving it forward within the wrestling realm of the matches being a lot more violent. So, you know, we're not used to seeing a lot of blood from women's matches. And then, you know, now we have these bloody women's matches, these stipulation matches that they have. Um, but they are really not moving the division forward. And I think that, you know, Paige or Soraya, when she came in, that was a big signing for the AEW for the women's division. And it went nowhere. It kind of, it was like a wet fart in the wind. It kind of it, it made a sound and then it disappeared. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I want to see AEW step up their women's division, man, and step up their storylines because I really like the product. 
Um, and a lot of fans do like the product. Now, when we're not WWE fans or nothing, I just prefer WWE because that's what I grew up on. And the storylines for WWE is, as an adult, that's what's keeping me hooked into still watching wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Um, other than that, I'd just be watching people fight for no reason. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To give me a little bit of storyline. Let's go back to Monday Night Raw, man. Um, we had Trish Stratus show her treacherous snitching just 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 evil face on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> she lost the belts for Lita and Becky. She attacked Lita backstage and then she proceeded to flip her ass into the ring and tell everybody that hey I created this women's division. There would be no women's division without me. I am the star here. I am not past my prime. And you shall see. Uh, that was a horrible explanation, but it, it leads me into a real credible question. Do you think that Trish Stratus and Alita started the whole women's revolution in wrestling? Mr. Everything. Uh, I, there are some moments that you can say that they did uh, assist in the women's um, evolution, but they didn't start it. They did have some moments where they did assist in it. They, they um, pushed the envelope a little bit. You know, you, before before them, you didn't have like hardcore matches or ladder matches with women. Um, you didn't have like all these stipulation matches. You just had you know, brawn panties and and pillow fights and all these different things. And then Trish and Lita did. Okay, I, I guess if you're gonna think evolution in that term, in that sense, yes, they did start it. But then you had women like Jazz. You had women like. Um, Beth Phoenix, you had women like uh, Jacqueline, who also was there in this in, in all of this. Uh, I'll even give um, props to Victoria and um, uh, Molly Holly. You know, they they were also in that whole realm of things. I mean, when Molly became uh, what uncensored, uh, was it Victoria or somebody like that? Uncensored yeah. lady, so she was not feeling. The the Braun Payne matches and all the different things like she was like cutting that off, and I I want to say she was really the very first start to that. Ivory. If they was didn't bring that character of her, yeah, Ivory. If yeah. they didn't bring that character of her into WWE at that time, I don't think they would have had it. Because you know, remember, Trish was still part of that whole Braun panties. Um, getting spanked on the behind by Vince type stuff. Like, she was still involved in all of that. Ivory didn't get involved in any of that. So you got to really give a lot of credit to Ivory as well. What up, LP? Happy belated birthday. Yeah. Uh, happy belated birthday to the, the great LPZ who just popped into the podcast, popped into the conversation. LPZ, what's happening? What's going on? I'm in the car, man. I ain't know if y'all can hear me or not. What well, sounds like you chewing on the Snickers? Hungry? Why wait? 
It's funny because that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I knew it. I, I, man, I'm from the hood. I know what a Snickers chew sound like. <laughs> I know exactly what a chew, you know, it makes your mouth extra juicy for some reason. I don't know why. But uh, oh, yeah. the great LP is in the building. Look, you can go ahead and jump in on this uh, conversation right here that we're having, man. Uh, we just talked about Trish Stratus, man, and, and she explained the reasons why she attacked one of her best friends for a long-time leader and then uh, turned her back on her, making them drop the titles, and then attacked Becky Lynch after the match. And she gave this soggy explanation on why she did it, and she was trying to say that I never got my credit for being uh, for leading the women's evolution in wrestling. Do you think that Trish Stratus has some validity in what she's saying? Mr. Everything saying, hell no. What you say, LP? You said her leading the revolution? Yeah, like she's saying that um, that Becky and the rest of the girls uh, for the four horsewomen are saying, hey, we've been leading women's wrestling. We're the reason why it's popular now. And uh, she's saying, no, that's not the reason. I started the whole women's revolution. Um, so she was kind of hinting that you guys wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. What do you think about that whole thing? Uh, nah, uh, the horsewomen started the revolution. Let's just let's keep it a book. Nobody was taking women wrestling. Well, let's say the horsemen along with Fit Finley, because Fit Finley is the one that had a humongous part of the women's uh rise in the women matches. So let's right. shout out let's shout out Fit Finley first of all. Um, Trish, I'm not gonna give Trish credit because if I give Trish credit. I gotta give Medusa credit. I gotta give May Young credit. Like you can't, you can't sit here and say you started anything because Trish was getting thrown in doo doo. She was sleeping with Vince supposedly backstage. She was sleeping with everybody. She one minute she was messing with the Hardys and like she was really anything. She she was holding wrestling, but she was holding the female division back. If you mm -hmm. want to keep it up, I'm. I mean, when she finally got to the point where she wasn't doing that stuff no more, but at that point in time, she had already did everything, but she didn't. It was just regular female wrestling. Now, nah, the horsewomen, Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, and who I'm missing? Sasha. Did I say Sasha? Sasha Banks? No, you good. Yeah. They were the ones who really made people pay attention to women. Though you, you got to give them credit. You got to give them all the credit. I'm sorry, Trish. Trish was holding holding the damn the division back with the bullshit she was doing. Mm -hmm. Just like I, I try to tell in what Mister Everything is saying. Like Ivory was the one that was like, I ain't doing this shit. Like I seen, I, Ivory was not doing no. She, did, I don't remember her ever doing a brown panty match. Like yeah, so those are the ones who really stood out when it comes to trying to you know want more from women. Mm. Do you do you think that um, the women today would survive in that environment that Trish Stratus and Lita had to uh, come up in, as far as you know, trying to prove themselves while doing gimmick matches like the bra and panty matches and uh, the mud matches? I think I think you can't see here saying none of the women would have did it. Charlotte Flair wouldn't have never done this because of who her daddy was. I can see Carmella. I can see her doing Brian Panty matches. I can see most of the roster doing Brian Panty matches and that kind of bull. Um, 
because that's, they didn't have a choice. They had to do what they had to do to get paid, to be honest, to get their TV time. And that's what it took for them to get their TV time. I mean, there's, there's a lot of wrestlers. There's a lot of male wrestlers that did. Uh, who was uh, fifth? Not fifth, Finley. Um, who's my boy? Who had a kiss Vince ass on national TV? Uh, um, um, William Regal. William Regal kissed that man ass on <laughs> national TV. <laughs> JR got his head, his face shoved in the Vince ass. So I mean, come on, man. Let's don't do. Do y'all not remember when Big Viscera used to get on people and do that little move when he hump them in the oh, middle yeah. of the street? Bro, like they got they got a lot of wrestlers did things they that was questionable. That what they had to do, what they had to do. You're not gonna see it now because the times have changed. But back then, those females would have still did the same thing for the most. I like said, I say, I say, Charlotte wouldn't because I don't think Flair would have did it. But you know, Hogan, Hogan almost had his daughter in at one point in time. But I think, I think she just was no good in the ring, so they they didn't even waste their time with her. Yeah, man. Um, that's that's a very interesting question I posed because what what if just what if. Uh, what if Chris Stratus hit uh, Becky Lynch with a stipulation match, and the match has to be like, like a mud wrestling ladder match? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, ain't gonna do that. That that was set the division back thirty years. What if though? And if you brought a little bit of the old schooling with the new, would that really turn? Everything back. I thought about that. I'm like, if they did a bra, a, a bra and panties match today, how would that be received by the fans? You know what I'm saying? I think that that obviously there'll be a lot of uh, backlash from the fans, um, from all genders. But would that really change some things in wrestling? Like, would, would that be well received if they did do a bra and panties match? Let me ask that to LP. Um, no, nah, I, I think, I think the, you know, the world can't do nothing now without everybody getting all pissed off anyway. So yeah, I, I think that would be, I think everybody would be pissed off. You might find a couple of men that would be like, yeah, but for the, for the majority, like who, who wouldn't want to see Becky Lynch in a Brian Panty match? So see her, you know, or see Bianca. Let me say, let me say who wants to see, want to see Bianca. In a brown panties, like let's 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 keep it real. But yes, please. <laughs> but that would take away that would take away from like everything she's accomplished. Like all these females, it would take away. She might could get that with one of these girls, like Shotzi or these girls is struggling. She might can get it with one of them, but he's under. But nah, nah, they can't, they can't, they can't do that. That's that's the one thing about a the female. They don't have any magic. You can go back and read. Retweak and make it work in 2023. Mm. Let me ask this question to uh, Mr. Everything with the birds in the background. Mr. Everything, do you think <laughs> the birds loud as hell, man? Uh, do you think um, that Trish Stratus can really go with these women? Like, do you think that Trish Stratus has another uh, title run in her? Hell no. Absolutely not. Even look, even the birds say no. Um, no, I mean the the tag match she had last week was was terrible, and most of it was Trish. You know, she can't really do the things that she's she's signature of 
like her signature moves, like the whole handstand on the ropes into the that's you know, the, the whole Mortal Kombat spot. That was it was terrible. Like you can you can tell the women are assisting her to do the move. Right. You should not need someone to assist you to do your own move. Like that's your stuff. Um. So I think the biggest thing for Trish is I don't I, I don't know why they have her there. Honestly, I don't know why. They really don't need her. They don't need Trish. They don't. They didn't need Lita. I don't understand why why they have them there. I mean, they could be in the back being producers, assisting women on different things, giving advice, mentoring. But as far as being in ring, no, nah, we, we don't we don't need you. We, it's nice to see you every now and then. Maybe manage. That's not a bad idea. Be yeah. a manager, but in ring. No, we, we don't need you to do it. Her, her promo was horrible. Yeah. She couldn't, you could tell that she didn't know what she was talking about. And she was trying to stay on script, but she kept forgetting certain lines. So she kept saying the same thing over and over just to kind of get herself back on track. And it never got back on track. And she finally just kind of just said, all right, well, I'm done. And it left. So, yeah. Yeah. Love her to death. She's an amazing woman. But yeah, we really don't need her there. Let me go over to the best damn nation, man. We got some comments over here. Uh, of course, Mama Everything is saying hey, hello to her baby. Go ahead and say hello to Mama. You know we got to do it every show. <laughs> yes, got to do it every show. What's up, Mom? Mom Z, Mom Z. I went and saw her for her birthday. She had a um, really nice, quiet birthday. I took her out to eat. And then her birthday party is this Saturday. But old baby boy has to be a superstar and go wrestle. So okay. love you, Mom Z. Well, turn up for us, Mama Everything. Turn up for the boys. <laughs> well, we got a question over here, man. And that kind of, I think I'm going to blend it in with uh, this new heel turn by Trish Stratus. Um, but we have a question that says, are you a good guy or are you a bad guy, Mr. Everything? That's the question, wrestling-wise. Uh, and is it tough to be both? We see Trish Stratus who's always kind of been the baby face character, even when she was a heel, she was still beloved. But is it tough being a good guy and a bad guy and to be able to switch between two? Uh, that question is for you. Uh, I, honestly, it is not that difficult. Um, I consider myself now as a tweener. There are a couple of companies that I do work for that I can be <clears throat> a very aggressive individual or the big, or the big Ricky Morton, please help me. Give me your power type of deal. Um, so it, it's really not hard. I think I think people make it hard because they overthink it. A lot of superstars, they make it hard because they're overthinking. They're thinking, oh, I got to have to beat this one particular person. and you know. But you got to remember, one of the things that I've always learned, and Vince Man was the one who said this, is no one's really 100% evil and 100% good. Everybody has a little bit of 50, 50, 40, 60, you know, 60, 40, somewhere in there. So that's why Randy Orton is so successful. Randy Orton can be whatever he want to be. And you're going to like him or you're going to boo him. Kevin Owens is so successful because you're either going to like him or you're going to, uh, you're going to hate him. Um, so it's not very hard to transition back and forth. It's just all a matter of what the fans want to see you do. You know what what they like at that moment. So, um, I like both. Uh, being a heel is a lot easier because it's easier to get people to hate you than it is to get them to love you. Um, That's real. And, That's really real life. 
<laughs> yeah, it's real in real life. And you really need a really good heel as a baby to really get people to want to have sympathy for you in terms of your match and your promos and things like that. Um, so being a heel is a lot easier, but I love doing either one. So yeah, it's, it's not that difficult. And then my son, my son can actually transition between the two, which makes it um, elaborates on how easy it is to kind of change back and forth because he's only seven years old and he knows how to go to this show and be a heel and get people to boo him as a seven year old and then go to this show and be a great baby face and get the, the kids and everybody to cheer for him, you know, um, as a seven year old kid. So it's really not that hard. LP, let me ask this question to you, man. Um, are you excited to see a Trish Stratus heel turn? And do you think that Trish Stratus still has it in her to become WWE Women's Champion? Um, nah, man. I, I I don't even know why they even brought him back to start with. I, I was I couldn't believe they let them win the tag belts. Like I was shocked. I thought they would. Just... But nah, Trish. And I've said this before. Trish is if you look at their if you want to rate wrestling skills of even the women back back then, even though Trish had the belt, Trish still was not even in the top five. If you look at Put Victoria over Trish, Ivy over Trish. Hell, I put Molly Holly over Trish. Um, Jacqueline Jazz, like Trish Ashley might be in the bottom, to be honest. So she's never been, she was super popular. So I get it. I get why they got her there. I mean, I completely understand it. But um, nah, she's, they got too many other females they need to be trying to get some kind of characters and stories with. To be wasting their time with a with Trish old ass. Let's just be honest, her old ass. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Trish, Trish. Trish still look decent, but she is she the surgery and age is not done her well. So I tell y'all, her and Lita is gonna be our May Young and Mula when we get old. As we are getting old and they getting old, <laughs> they gonna be Trish. They gonna be our May Young and their Mula. Like you don't oh, see, they don't bring none of. I bet you, I bet you, Kelly Kelly can go better than Jam Trish. So they got other feet. They got other females. Shit, bring Gail Kim back. Like they got females who still can go. Trish is not one of those girls. She just, I don't even think, the, I don't even think the crowd is into it. Like they, I don't know who's decided to do this, man. To start with, probably was Vince. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it seems like a Vince thing, guys. <laughs> it really does. It really seems like a Vince thing. You know, Vince like bringing his favorites in, man, and and kind of getting their last hoorahs. Uh, and that's what this feels like. At first, I was excited about Trish Stratus and Lita being back, but then every time I see Lita, man, she got the old woman throat. You know what I'm saying? She <laughs> she got, got the dragon throat, all the veins. It just look, it just look bad. I can't I can't unlook at. It. I can't not look at. It. Um, and then Trish Stratus, man. And Lita, Lita, Lita is not that old. She should not be looking like that at her age. She, right. I don't know how old she is, but damn it, she got to be in her... Is she, what, is she in her 40s or 50s, she maybe? Like 40, she 46, I want to say. I'm just trying to... I just turned 45. It's no way in the hell she should be looking like she... <laughs> Bruh. Like, good Lord. 
Her, her neck looked like a wrinkled trash bag, bro. It just looked bad. I was looking at Lena like, damn, how old is Lena? And I was like, hold on, she's 46, bro? I was like, oh, man. No, she's, she's 48. She's 48? It's, it's still no 48. excuse. Bro, my mama's 62 and she looked better than that. Edge, Edge yeah, made, Edge I'm, made I'm a good Edge, Edge made a good choice. The Bell Phoenix still look damn good. Bell Phoenix looks real damn good. Yeah, Bell Phoenix. Man, I don't know. Lita look like she smoked twenty packs of cigarettes a day. And just, just a throat look. It just don't look good. It just don't look good at all. Uh, and I'm not being uh, ageist or nothing. I'm just saying. Um, she should have really aged better than what she did, but you know, she LP, you mentioned something uh on the last podcast of how you think that Lita and Trish Stratus can't go with the girls today with their in ring uh debuts, uh, making their returns back to the ring. Have you been excited or impressed about Trish Stratus and Lita's in ring presence? Are you, was that was that a start of a joke or you have been serious? <laughs> I, was being, I was being serious about that. I thought you, I thought you, were, working, I thought you were working on your stand-up bit for Dev Comedy. Uh, no, to be honest, watching them, I'd rather watch the Bella Twins than watch them in the ring. Like they on some Bella Twin. Uh, you know what? That's that's who they should have had fight each other. They should have fought the Bella Twins. They could have been Bachamania. Oh, like, Lita, Lita, I'm telling you, like, anytime Lita goes for that Hurricane Rado or try to, I literally be afraid. Like, I'd be afraid that she gonna mess up and hurt herself. That's why she needs to stop. Mm. Like, that's number one. That's all Lita got, really, is that a couple of, you know, a couple of moves she got. I don't know. Maybe the girls just need some money. And they was like, look, we'll make this. Because I know Mr. Everything know about what kind of range they make when they get on TV and wrestle. He might can at least elaborate or give us a ballpark a ballpark amount of money they they making. So maybe that's what it is. They need some money because you haven't seen them do nothing outside of wrestling. At least I haven't. They're not doing real. I haven't seen them on a reality TV. I haven't seen them do nothing. That money ain't gonna last you forever. So maybe maybe they just need some money in the WWE like look, we're gonna get we're gonna make help y'all make a little bit of this money. Mr. Mr. Everything around how much money you think that they're making for this little bit of stuff they're doing? Uh, as Hall of Famers, I would say Trish and Lita are probably making about four to five hundred thousand a year, just to do a couple of appearances, maybe more, maybe close to seven hundred thousand, um, because they have the Hall of Fame legend status. Um, but it's spe- speaking of women, not to go off subject, but uh, I just saw this post about Haley and Hannah Cavender. They are supposedly these uh, NCAA phenomenon twins from the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, they are going to WWE, which is very interesting because the Bellas are no longer doing anything with WWE or wrestling. So I think they're they're trying to replace the Bella Twins with another set of twins 
Um, but these two women, they are on their way to WWE to start training. So that's you say they wrestle? Are they wrestling? They no, they are basketball players. Oh, I don't care about well, you know. <laughs> oh, they training. You said they training to wrestle. They're get they're on their way to WWE to start training. Um, but I think that I think they're doing that. They're bringing these women in because they're twins. They, they're attractive and they have a large following in the NCAA. Um, basketball region. So, but I thought that was very interesting to see that happen with the Bella Twins no longer having anything to do with being Bella Twins. Now they're going off of their um, uh, real names and then making their own waves on the reality TV. Um, so that kind of goes in hand with the whole evolution of women wrestling. Um, you have women from other sports coming in and other genres like. Um, Casey Contazaro, who was an American Ninja Warrior um, winner, she came in from there. So it's very interesting. Then they got some volleyball players and things like that. So um, a lot of the women that we have or we have seen have opened doors for other women from other sports to be able to come in and do these particular things. To say Trish and Lita were the spearheads of it, absolutely not. But they did have a large hand in helping that um, be able to transition from and panties to main eventing WrestleMania. So, uh, maybe I'm in the minority in this whole thing, but I would love to see a good old fashioned Braun panty match come back just for one night. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this one yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Who, who, who would you put? Look, look, look at the complexity of the women's division now. No, you who would you put in that predicament? Who would you Same put there? Because it's Same like Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. You know what? You posed a good question, man. <laughs> you posed a good question because the women now aren't really built. How they were built back in those? I, I can't say that. I can't say that. But they, you're right. Now that I think about body wise, who would you want to see in a good old and 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 this is a, a nostalgia question. I know we all got women, so ladies, don't be uh, uh, offended by this question. But fellas, what wrestlers on this main roster would you want to see in a good old fashioned Braun Panties match? Let me ask that to Mister Everything. <laughs> why, are you, why are you gonna put me on the spot first? Sorry, mama. Sorry, mama. Um, but this is <laughs> this one. Um, I'm a very big fan of Zia Lee. Zia Lee is an amazing looking woman. Um, okay. I've watched some of her some of her photo shoots. I've, I've seen I've seen a couple of her photo shoots. And she she would do very well. Um, uh, Eo Sky would actually do very well. Eo Sky, um, we cannot we 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 cannot play ourselves and not say Miss Ding Dong herself. Um, Bailey, uh, Bailey, yeah. Bailey does have does have. It going on for herself. Um, assets, and then, uh, sir, are you talking about her assets? 
uh, her 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 um physical talents. Okay. Okay. Her, phys- her physical capabilities. Um, Nikita. Uh, what is her name? Nikita, Nikita Lyons. NXT. Nikita Lyons. Nikita Lyons. Yes. Yes. N- Nikita. Hercules. Hercules. Thank you, Nikita Lyons. Man, LPC, let's go to the resident villain of the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast, man. What women would you like to see in a bra and panties match in 2023? I, um, I mean, if you be honest, they they got very athletic builds. That they're not even heavy. Ch- to start with, but I don't know who I really would. Uh, uh, I might, I might stick with Bailey because I didn't have noticed Bailey do got a little bump. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Sasha, maybe Sasha. Yeah, I say Sasha Banks and Bianca. Yeah, they'll, they'll be the ones I would say. Sasha Banks and Bianca and a Brian panties match. Okay, all right, old school. Throwing back that, you know, that would be interesting. Um, Sasha Banks really doesn't have. Features, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I think I'm gonna stay out of this question. <laughs> I'm gonna plead the fifth. Uh, uh, oh, no, 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 you gotta get in the hot seat right along with us. You gotta get in the hot seat with us. Come on, let's okay. hear it. This was, your, this was your topic, you the one that brought the topic up. Well, I thought it was a good question. You know what I'm saying? We old school wrestling fans. We talking about old school uh, women's wrestling. Uh, I just thought it would be a good question. Let me see. Who who would I want to see? Piper Miven. <laughs> Dewdrop. <laughs> you know what? I go with that. I want to see Dewdrop and, uh, and, and, and what's my girl name? Uh... Charlotte. You know damn well you want to see Charlotte no. Flair. Dewdrop versus Nia Jackson, the Braun panties match. Book that. Throw some money hey, out there. Don't sleep. Don't sleep on Nia Jax. Now I seen some of Nia Jax. Hey, Mama hey, Nia, Nia can get. Sleeping. I ain't sleeping. You know, I'm from the south. We, 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 you know, take, 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 take it, take it in. Hey, I take, I, I take, I take Nia Jax over a couple folks. And Nia, Nia, you get past that little ugly outfit she wore in the ring when you see her in some pictures now. Nia, Nia was damn fine. Not die is a catch, yeah. Uh, but you know, and, and but honestly, okay, I was I would say this. I I would go if I had to pick two. I would say Gigi Dolan versus Nikita Lyons. I think that will make a lot of fans happy. You know what I'm saying. I'm not speaking for myself, but I'm just saying that would make a lot of fans happy if they saw them two in a good old-fashioned bra and panties match. If they brought it back for one night and one night only, I think people would enjoy that. Uh, I'm glad that they don't have those types of matches anyway. Uh, they really did great women, and they didn't show women in, in a in a good light as far as what they can do in their ability inside the ring. Um, it was good for nostalgia purposes, um, but those types of matches really don't have a place now because they would really be shut down. <laughs> I, think, I think the fans would really would would you know 
they would kind of try to shut that down. I think that's something that you could probably do in the AEW environment, maybe, possibly. Uh, but WWE is a little bit more conscious. You don't think AEW would, would do one of those types of matches? No, nah, they. I mean, AEW they understand the the environment. Yeah. We, we're not in an environment where that kind of stuff is gonna. Yeah. I mean, I will, I will give AEW credit because I know they got some. Um, I don't know who the one guy they got wrestling, or I don't know what somebody from the LGBTQ. They do got like a wrestler that wrestles under that, which I thought that was pretty. You know, WWE don't seem to want to touch that at all. I guess Vince, like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not doing that at all. But I will say that I can't say I, that because you know, Velveteen Dream. They have they have people they have people that betray betray as in you had Billy and Chuck you had a whole lot of people that really wasn't that way I'm talking about yeah yeah, yeah. truly part of that community and openly in that community WWE they don't even got nobody like in AEW I mean scripts he kind of looked like he might be but they they're not you know that they, they're not pushing that. Well, so I would, from a man's standpoint, I don't think so. I think, you know, it's, it's only been a few that kind of got over that way. Goldust was one of those, but I don't think Gold, uh, Dustin is really that way. Um, somebody who, who you're right, WWE. I mean, like I said, the only person I can really think about that was pushed like that, um, that, that became popular and people... Uh, Part of his lifestyle became part of his character was Velveteen Dream before he was fired by WWE for some unethical practices. Uh, I guess he got caught up um, with a with an underage minor allegedly, and uh, you know some things that happened and they had to let him go. Um, but Velveteen Dream was one of those guys, and then they got another guy on the roster now. Uh, I, I can't think of his name. He's a he's a heavy sick guy. I think his name is Quentin. Quentin, Quentin, I don't want to say Quentin Miller, but I don't, I, I thought he starts with a Q. Uh, but he, he's uh, in, in the community too, but in, in a large part of his character uh, is it enveloped in, into that, uh, into who he really is, you know what I'm saying? On AEW, you have uh, Sony, so what's his name? Sonny, uh, Sunny. I don't know what it is. I know Sunny, I, I, Sunny, Sunny, Sunny something. Sunny, uh, it's, it's going, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I, I know, uh, but I've seen him wrestle, um, and it's it's interesting to see that because I don't quite know, I don't know. <laughs> his wrestling style is interesting, man. It's interesting. It's it's. He looks like he a lot of the female wrestlers on 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 the roster. Like he wrestles like the female wrestlers, but he's really good. Um, and a lot of people love him. He he has fanfare. They haven't really put him on TV much. Um, I've seen him on the TV a couple of times in the early days, and then lately he's joined this this faction in AEW, and then somehow the faction kind of disbanded. Uh, I can't remember his name, Sonny, Sonny something. If you guys remember, put it in the chat box. Um, but it's, it's very, it's very difficult and very, I would think it would be difficult to kind of uh, brand that and, and push that as a character. Uh, obviously, you get people that, that go behind that. But like you have people that's in, in the LGBTQ community, like a, a Sonya Deville, uh, which a lot of people don't really get behind the Sonya Deville character. They, they like what she represents. 
but they don't really get behind the whole the whole the whole character. Am I wrong in saying that, LP? Well, I I think that's more because she just ain't no good. Like <laughs> since she's since she's been there, right. she's just been very mid undercard character. Like I don't think it has nothing to do with her sexuality. You know, and then too with a female, it's a little bit easier to push it versus a man. Like, you know, wrestling you know, hell, I'm a we got a long way we need to be, but I don't think Vince will ever do that. When they have when they have done that, you can look at every single person in the past, from Gold Dust to like I said, Billy and Chuck to uh, Gorgeous George, like they they do it, but they do it in a comedic way. They mm-hmm. never had it. They never had it where you're supposed to take them seriously, and they, and then too, they only do it for you know a certain amount of time. Gold Dust was more like a Prince type character. He really wasn't. He didn't say nothing that made you think he was gay. He was just he was just very very different. Uh, you know, Billy and Chuck, that whole thing that went. You know, they got murdered by the boys, and yeah. Um, I don't know where the guys at now because uh, I used to watch them when I used to watch Ring of Honor. The guy, uh, uh, Will Will Osprey, Will Osprey or something. Um, he got a two guys to call with him called the boys, and they got a little feathers or whatever. I don't know if you if you ever used to watch AEW. Uh, with the with the the, the peacock feathers and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Now, they, I don't know if he's part of the community, but his character definitely comes off uh, as that. Um, and he was over. He was over pretty. He was over pretty when I used to watch back in the days. He used to watch AEW, not AEW, Lord uh, Ring of Honor. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, if, well, if you're talking about that, and and and, I, and that's a good subject, and you know, it's very taboo. We try to be very careful because we're allies, so we don't. I don't want to portray that uh, we're we're bashing the community or anything like that. Um, but it's a great question to see if uh, a corporate entity like the WWE will ever push a LGP, uh, LGBTQ. Star, like, would they really push that? Like, um, like a like a, a gay man? Would they would they push a gay man as their champion for the brand? That's very interesting. To, to a very interesting question. Um, I know there's been people in the community that that's been. I know Gorgeous George and uh, you know William Regal. Uh, his sexuality has been known for a long time, but William Regal has never become world champion. He's become champ. He's been held championships. Uh, the acclaimed on AEW. Uh, one of the uh, the members. Um, he, he's a part of the, the LGBTQ community, but he was uh, uh, AEW tag team champion for a while. But as far as a mainstream like Roman Reigns type character, do you see the WWE ever? Excuse me, WWE ever get into that level of pushing? Uh, a superstar that's in their community as their main star. Do you see that, LP? I think star, like if I, I think Damian Priest is part of the community too. I could have sworn I heard that one time. I'm not sure. Mm. That he was, I wish uh, I wish Mr. Everything was on. He, he, might, he may know. But I think if there's somebody like that, they may push 
I mean, I'm pretty sure that's on the in the closet. I mean, Austin Theory give me vibes. So I mean, Austin Theory could clearly be that way, and he might got a head, or they don't want to push it. I don't think they would ever openly push somebody who, if you you could be in that community, I would still be masculine if that makes sense. Like, yeah. they'll push them as long as nobody can tell that they're part of that community. You know, mm-hmm. like, a, you know, let's say let's say Roman came out of the closet or whatever. He was like, "Yo, I'm." I've been part of the community my whole life. So at that, at this point in time, they couldn't do nothing about it. But you know, I don't think I don't see them pushing nobody that they that they know is like that and openly like that. Like, yeah, you can you can be like that and we'll push you, but you gotta keep it in the, you know, keep it locked up. Cause you know, that's that's wrestling. Wrestling fans, let's be honest. Or like super racist and super prejudiced. That's it. Yeah. it just, it's a, I hate to say it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a very deep rooted thing with with wrestling. You should hear some of the stories about. I remember um, Teddy Long talking about how Rick Flair called him the N word before. Like it's a lot of wrestlers. Probably, I mean, hell, I love Stone Cold, but Stone Cold character really screams like he says the N word for breakfast. But Stone Cold never came out that way. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, he's a, he's a damn redneck. So when you hear redneck, you're already thinking, you know, Confederate flags and don't like us. But Stone Cold character was never portrayed like that. Right. So it's really all about how they how they portray it. But I I think the community they understand the community again, and we're endeavor buying it. These are some things that may be coming up soon in the next couple of years. Because you know they're thinking about PC and all that other kind of stuff. So we have this discussion now. Fast forward later on, we may see something happening sooner or later. I think it'll happen for the female side before the men. Like I definitely see because it's ba- yeah. like Bailey kind of gives me vibes. Like Bailey definitely gives me vibes. Like she may be like that, and I don't know because they, they don't openly. No, no wrestler openly talks about. That sexuality. You just happen to see them with their people, and you don't always see that. You know, saying I think some of them just keep it to themselves or whatever. So, have you ever seen all theory out with a woman? Uh, I haven't seen nobody yeah. out with a woman. <laughs> with you, but like you see that, like that's what I'm saying. Like you see the Miz out, you know, with his wife or. You know, John Cena was married to the Bellas. You know, Austin was married to uh, uh, what was the damn woman at one point in time. Like, you know, they it's key things they let you see, but there are so many wrestlers out there that you don't never see, like, you know, their outside lives. And whether they keep it that way, WWE keep it that way, you know, I really wouldn't be surprised if they like, look, you can, I don't care you do this, but you can't be posting. You know you can't you can't do this. I I think they got a lot of stuff in the contract, um, and that may sound crazy, but you know, this is still a company that has people working that without giving them insurance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, so they can pretty much do what the hell they want to do. So, yeah, I, I, we've definitely seen a lot of progression when it comes to uh, LGBTQ champions and and wrestlers in general. 
Um, and, and every promotion, I mean, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a part of life and it's part of storytelling. Of course, WWE has always been a part of uh, lowering up storylines bigger than they need to be. Um, but I think that WWE would be ready for uh, a champion who is in the LGBTQ community. Uh, I think the female division would probably be the first to do that uh, bef way before the men's division would. Um, well, you know, and they have been champions of, of all uh, races and sexual orientations. But we're talking about as far as a company representing someone who they know is actively in the community. That's that's a bigger question. Would they be bold enough uh, and progressive enough to push a champion uh, who was openly gay? That is interesting. Um, I think they'll get there eventually. Um, and like I said, you know, being a champion in the company and being the champion is a whole different thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we'll see. That's a great question, man. Uh, you know, I hope we didn't ruffle any feathers talking about that, that whole thing. But it's very interesting to see what the progression of wrestling is compared to what it used to be. Because you you are right, LP. Uh, wrestling sometimes can be a very fickle crowd and you have people who openly let their biases be known uh, when it comes to uh, berating certain wrestlers, man. So um, it's getting more woke, I guess. <laughs> but uh, right now, man, I don't know if the WWE is ready to push the champion uh, who is openly uh, in the LGBT community uh, and letting them be the face of the company. That's a very interesting question. Like I said, I think eventually we'll get there, but we shall see. Real quick, LP, man, on Monday Night Raw, man, uh, that's a lot of stuff that happened, but one of the biggest stories for me uh, was the clash of the factions, my brother. Um, you see a lot of different factions on Monday Night Raw kind of enter... Uh, talking to each other um you had the bloodline and the judgment day doing the face-to-face -face, and paul Heyman informed the usos and also told the sokoa that the tribal chief has uh done a, a deal in the name of villainery villainery am i saying that right uh, uh in, in in the uh, eyes of being the villain they wanted to do a one-on-one -on -one bad guy to bad guy transaction where the judgment day takes care of the little KO Sami Zayn Matt Riddle problem, and then the bloodline was to take care of the Rey Mysterio and LWO, uh, the Latino World Order uh, faction. Uh, so they pretty much just traded enemies. Um, the bloodline took out Rey, Matt Riddle, and KO, and excuse me, the bloodline took out. Rey Mysterio and uh, LWO and the Judgment Day failed to take care of the Ken Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle problem. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see all of these factions coming together and uh, interacting with each other. Although Matt Riddle, KO, and Sami Zayn aren't really a real faction, I'm excited to see LP. There was a point on the show on the podcast when we were like, man, we miss factions, we miss groups, we miss tag teams. Now it seems like we have them back. And now we see them interacting with each other. Are you excited for some of these potential matchups uh, when it comes to the factions? 
I hopefully I won't be breaking up. You was breaking up a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was kind of cool to see. I, I, they definitely got to start doing this with all these factions. Um, I definitely want to see the LWO do more than just be the LWO. Like I want to see them more than just wearing the shirts. I want to see them do a little bit more. Um, I thought it was I thought it was pretty decent because they need to do something. Like the, to me, the ever since WrestleMania. Not, the shows have been okay, but it ain't been a whole lot of stuff that really stood out to me. Right. Um, I think with the draft, maybe it's going to shake some things up. Um, but yeah, I, I just think everything's getting kind of back. It's getting back bland. Like, it's not nothing really. Even with the Usos and Sammy and KO, that whole storyline right now is like, you know, Roman is acting funny toward the Usos, but you're not really seeing... You know, you're not really seeing much movement like there were before. Um, I like that. I like the LWO versus the Judgment Day, <clears throat> and I, you know, I did. I did like that little mix. That little mix in there. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I, I like. I like. I like to see a lot of these different matches. Seeing Solo versus Rey Mysterio, and that was a match I didn't, you know, didn't think you would want. You would know, didn't want to see, but I'm glad they did it. Man, real quick, let's talk about that because it kind of. It kind of goes along with the storyline, the clash of the factions, man. Solo Sokoa versus Rey Mysterio was an absolute banger of a match. And you're right, it's a match that we didn't know that we needed to see. But Rey Mysterio put Solo Sokoa ass through the ringer. And so he went into it thinking, man, Solo was going to smash Rey. Solo was going to do this, man. Rey Mysterio showed why he is a giant killer and he is the absolute legend because he was he was putting Solo Sokoa through it and Solo Sokoa barely, barely pulled out the win. Um, I thought that was an absolute great match. Um, at the end of the match, you can almost see Solo saying thank you to Rey Mysterio for the whole experience and putting on a classic match, man. Uh Real quick, LP, talk about the Solo uh, Sokoa versus Rey Mysterio match, and do you possibly want to see the Bloodline versus the LWO in the future? I mean, uh, that that was a that was a great match. I think last week that match in the there was right for belts. They they were some pay per view type matches, which you really don't see a lot now. You know, during the week, I mean, on the weekday. I mean, Solo been putting in work since he been. Yeah, uh, you breaking up a little bit, yeah. But let's put some some respect on Solo's name, man. Solo Sokoa has been main eventing uh, oh, all, all, a lot of nights. Yeah, Solo Sokoa has been main eventing a lot of nights, man. He's been on TV every week, so people need to start putting some uh, respect on Solo Sokoa's name because it's looking more and more eventually like Solo Solo Sokoa is going to be uh, the head of the table uh, or Roman Reigns' successor when he does leave. Uh, he's poised that way, um, and the boy is looking strong. Uh, you were breaking up a little bit, LP. What were you What were you saying? Let me let you uh, finish your point real quick. All right, uh, so uh, Solo Man is, is just is just doing his thing right now. 
Um, and he's the sole reason why the bloodline is looking strong because we don't see Roman Reigns on our television. Although we would like to see the Tribal Chief more, although we would like to see who is stepping up to Roman Reigns. LP, you posed that question last week. I don't really see anybody in position to really fight Roman Reigns. I would love to see Roman versus Bobby, but they've been keeping Bobby away uh, from your boy, Roman Reigns, man. Um, but who's going to fight Roman Reigns coming up soon? We don't know, but we want to see. Uh, you know, it, it's got to happen. Uh, let me see. LPZ, who do you think is going to be the next challenger for Roman Reigns? And like I said, Solo Sokoa has been holding it down on, on the singles run, and he's been keeping the bloodline uh, faction as far as fighting along with the Usos alive while Roman Reigns Seems like he's running the WWE from afar, just like the drug kingpin that he is. Uh, but who do you see stepping up to Roman Reigns, man? I know you alluded to them keeping Bobby away from from uh, Roman. Uh, who do you think is the next challenge for your tribal chief? Uh, hopefully, I mean, I might be still breaking up. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Um... I, I don't know and WWE don't know. Like they they with Cody fighting Brock. But, but when Cody get done with Brock, he'll end up fighting somebody else. So I don't even think WWE he knows. Unless it's Bobby Lashley, they ain't got nobody left. If Randy Orton come back, that wouldn't make no sense. He don't unless they're gonna get Chad Gable or somebody else to push. You got Bobby Lashley, you got Gunther, which I don't think they're ready to push Gunther yet. Um you got Bobby Lashley. That's it. Like he literally, they literally, uh, with exception of Rick Boobs <laughs> or Sinsuke Nakamura. I mean, they got a lot of wrestlers that Roman hasn't faced, but you know, they they drive the ball with Sammy. Um, I still think they can bring Sammy back up and make Sammy into this. They just have to do a, a couple of quick quick tweaks, and they can get the fans. The fans still behind Sammy, but um, they definitely dropped the ball with that. Great Wyatt, who knows the hell if he ever coming back. They dropped the they dropped the ball once again with Bray Wyatt, just like I said they would. Yeah. Um so I mean I I, I think they scrambling right now trying to figure out like what the hell what the hell are we gonna do. I saw a guy on um Kevin Nash Kevin Nash got a podcast. I check it out every now and then. Um and the guy that hosted with him said he won't he, he said he could he said Roman could keep the belt for two or three more years. And he'll be okay with it because he like long he liked champions that had a belt for a long time, which I think that was the dumbest mess I ever heard in my life. And I can tell you, I would not be watching wrestling if Roman had the belt for three years. I, I promise you that. I would take another break. I've taken a break before. I would take another break and I'll come back later. Uh but no, they can't have that man having the belt for another damn year. They might be planning on Roman keeping the belt for the next two years, man. Nah, um, that would that would that would be ridiculous because it's different when back in the days you could do that. You could do that with Bruno San Maria, whatever his name is. You can do that back in the days. You can't do it now and make it make sense. Like Roman is not that damn good. Let's just let's just be honest. Wrestling wise, Roman is not even the top five on SmackDown or Raw. Wrestling skill wise. Mm. So you're not it doesn't make sense 
you okay? Let's look at Raw. Can you name and let's be honest? Can you name five wrestlers that's better in the ring than Roman? Yes. Okay, SmackDown. Can you name five wrestlers that's better in the ring? Yeah. So again, he's not he's not the best wrestler by no means. So it makes no sense to him to keep keep having a belt because after a while, what's going to happen is, and I think it's starting to happen now, it's going to start getting stale, and people are really going to start getting tired of it because the simple fact is. People was invested because of Sammy. I've said it plenty of times on this show. If Sammy was never part of this whole bloodline storyline, you would have had Roman being a regular heel like he was with Jimmy and Jay when he was trying to make when he was trying to make uh, Jay join and he was beating the shit out of Jimmy. And then what was I forgot how what is it when he was about to he was about to hit him with that damn steps, and then he finally he finally went on and did it. Like other than that, they before Sammy came, they were just typical regular damn uh, villains. But Sammy took them to that next level. He took the bloodline to the next level. I think the reason why Roman hasn't been on TV because they're letting you see this is what the bloodline would be like if Roman weren't there. Paul Heyman be in charge, Usos and Solo. Like they're to see if they're ready, and they not. The Usos would be good. Solo would be good. I think I think them three would be pretty good. They don't even need Paul Heyman. Usos been doing that for too long to think the Usos need Roman Reigns or Paul Heyman. Solo fits into that puzzle as that third person. So I think that's why we haven't seen Roman. That and the fact that keeping Roman away for people don't be like, hey Roman, why you ain't fighting Cody? The next pay-per-view, Roman's not even going to have a match. Yeah. I, I think the next two pay-per-views before... So I don't know if it's two pay-per-views before SummerSlam, but uh, I really don't see a strong opponent for Roman other than, like I said, Bobby. You got Seth Rollins, who is on fire. Seth Rollins is arguably the most popular superstar on the roster right now. Um, just for from crowd interactions to like this man can stand there and people will sing his song until he stops moving until he starts moving again. Like he can stand there in the middle of the ring for five minutes and people will oh they'll be doing that the whole time. I was there, I've seen it. So Seth Rollins is freaking over, man. And and be honest with you, he's had a lot of matches. Within the last couple of years, while Roman was was champion, and I think that Seth Rollins was able to build up his star just because he did have Roman Reigns as champion, uh, and he was able to not only develop his his character in SmackDown while Roman was champion, uh, but when he moved to Raw Monday Night Raw, he became Monday Night Rollins. Um, so. Um, having that move and having this draft shake up some stuff will definitely bring a new challenger for Roman Reigns.
But I think all of our question is who is going to step up? Who is going to be that next champion? They're trying to push Austin Theory. Nobody, everybody's kind of revolting against it. Nobody really cares anything about Austin Theory. They're trying to make us care. I don't care. I would rather see the new United States champion and then Austin Theory should definitely join the faction of some sort and then uh, have, a, have a reign of terror. Uh, Rhea Ripley is looking very strong, but Rhea Ripley doesn't even have a, have a challenger right now. She doesn't have a challenge. I think her next challenger might be Selena Vega, but that's only because of the Judgment Day and the LWO's interaction with with each other, which was caused by Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. So Rhea Ripley, she's looking she's looking strong as a champion, but she doesn't have any competitors on SmackDown who can go with Rhea Ripley and make it look like it's a real threat other than Raquel Rodriguez. Raquel is a real threat to Rhea, but they they haven't crossed that, that whole threshold yet. So we shall see. Uh, who do you think Rhea's next champion should be, LP? Say, say the last part again. Who do you think Rhea Ripley's next challenger should be? We have uh, Selena Vega of the LWO kind of stepping up, and that might be her next match. Uh, but who do you think should step up to Rhea Ripley, and who do you think would be a real threat to uh, her SmackDown Women's Championship? I mean, to be perfectly honest, you got the same people that you had before. I mean... What makes sense would be Shayna Baszler or Ronda. They, they're the only two strong contenders that they have on SmackDown. They don't have any. She'll murder Selena, Selena Vegas. Let's please stop. Selena no damn way. She don't want that smoke. That wouldn't even. That would be a squash match. They probably will do that just for she can have something to do. But come on now. Rhea would murder Selena Vegas. <laughs> okay, when you look at the rest of it, you know, they done gave Liv Morgan and... Um, the Raquel shit the belts, so they're gonna they'll be focusing on tag teams. If you yeah. really know something, they stay all the people that should be worrying about matches, they keep on giving them these little bum matches. Like they know damn well everybody know that Bobby should be going out the Roman. But what they gonna do with Bobby? Have him get jumped Monday by uh Big Boy. So now Bobby about to have that match with him or have a little fruit, a feud with him. Cody got a feud with Brock. So, like, all they doing is this, the people that should be, I guess Seth Rollins ain't got nobody right now. I think I think we should, we we need to look up the math and figure out when does Roman hit a thousand days. And I think that's going to dictate, he's going to hit a thousand days before SummerSlam because he's only, he was only like, he was already at like 950 days or something like that. So, he, he only got to do like a month. Maybe a month and a half or two months. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not till SummerSlam till he hit those thousand days. So and then money in the bank is coming up. So yeah, he, I think I think he gonna lose it before SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, don't I just I just <laughs> I just don't know because they 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 are burying themselves deeper and deeper in this hole with Roman having the belt. I don't know. I don't know if you have seen these things on TikTok where they be like Roman beating Goku, one punch man. <laughs> like, <laughs> they keep on doing these things like when you see Roman versus Goku and then you hear this and then they count and then they have Roman winning like 
they've been doing they a lot of people been doing it on different uh pages and because because it gets to that point he don't be superman goku damn say tama hey man if we if we go and talk anime real quick you if we go with dragon ball z man frieza frieza had the had the uh the ginyu unit what was it called what they called it uh ginyu force ginyu force he had the ginyu force you know what i'm saying and they were protecting him until goku just went through all of them you know what i'm saying Frieza never needed to get you for us. Frieza used that to do Frieza was clearly able to handle his business without a you for us. Roman, I think Roman next two matches, he needed to do it without no help, which I know they're not going to do it because he's a heel. But God dang, even Triple H is a heel will win some matches by itself. Yeah. Here and there. Like, even when he had DX or when he had the Stephanie, like, every now and then, Roman hasn't won not one match. And nobody wants to talk about it or pay attention to it. Or, oh, it's because he's a heel. Like, get out of here, y'all. You're not going to see him, Tim, put his man on this Mount Rushmore of being a great champion when he can't win matches, you know, straight up. And like I said before, his skill level, his skill level is, is just not there. And it is not, I don't know if people be thinking I'd be hating on Roman and all this. It's not that I hate Roman. I just don't like when they do. Same reason why I stopped liking John Cena. John Cena be gone for six months. John Cena show up on Monday Night Raw and win the belt. Like, what? <laughs> what? You know, show up, be gone again, come back, Royal Rumble, win. So it's, I, I never like when they try to force feed you uh, champions. And that's why people didn't like Roman the first time. I right. mean, this is, the, this is the better version of Roman, but nothing, no, nothing you do as a wrestler can last forever. You got to be able to switch it up or it's going to get stale. Yeah. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy changed the bloodline and, and stopped them from being stale. But now they they going back into that stale territory. And now you know that Sammy even even giving the even to giving Sammy and them the belt is dumb. If they gonna keep on fighting the Usos, they need to be wrestling somebody else. The street profits need to walk up to Sammy and KO and be like, "What's good? We want one of them belts." Yeah, I think they should. I don't know. I think they should shake it up because I don't. I'm not really buying into the whole Sami Zayn KO tag team thing. I don't feel strongly about it. I don't get excited when they have a match. It still feels like they're two individual competitors that just are on a tag team together. The interactions are still weird to me. I think they should go ahead and split up the belts. It don't look right with them having the undisputed titles. Because they, I don't know. I think that the Usos will get it back after the backlash. I know they don't have the titles up right now, but I think that the Usos are going to get those belts back before SummerSlam. I don't really see KO and, and Sami Zayn holding the belts that long. If they do, I'll be surprised. Um, but I, I really want to see them shake some things up, and maybe the draft is exactly what we need, LP. Yeah, but if they're gonna do if they're gonna do the draft, then they need to keep the brand split for real. Cause uh, last time I checked, if you when you got a belt, you can go back and forth to shows. But damn, if the damn uh, if the damn bloodline don't show up on every damn show, they ain't got them. They ain't got them belts no more. And you look at you look at the main events on both shows; they damn near with the same thing. Yeah, I, and I agree with that, and that's how I kind of felt like. SmackDown kind of lost its thunder to me this week because SmackDown and Raw looked so similar with 
with the stars of of both brands being on both shows. Uh, it seems like the Judgment Day and the Bloodline is taking over everything, and the LWO is just showing his head up. And then everybody's kind of getting in where they fit in. Cody versus Brock doesn't make any sense uh, on Monday Night Raw. Cody Cody fought 20 security guards, 20 of the soggiest, skinniest, sorriest security guards you could find, and, and, <laughs> and put them in there. And Cody knocked all 20 of them out to get to Brock Lesnar. And, and first of all, LP, I'm, I used to bodyguard myself. Uh, and I know you've been into some clubs with real bodyguards. The bodyguards that I'm used to are huge. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely huge. But, you know, the size of a bus, a lot of my friends used to bodyguard. Cause we all big, buff guys, man. But, man, these guys, the WWE, be getting the, the secure some stuff. <laughs> it's like, where did you find this? Where did you find them, these people at? Who what yeah. company did you hire these guys from? And if that's the case, you need to get a refund because they didn't protect anything. Um, they need some real. They need some real security cards from from the black clubs up there. <laughs> they, they ain't get Cody ain't knocking nobody that's six foot six, three hundred pounds out to get the Brock Lesnar. That's not happening, Jack. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of over that. I'm over that spot anyway. Like that is so, it's it's done to death. Like every time, it's so stupid. Yeah, they don't they don't even be trying. Like, and it's not even that's not even Cody. That's not even Cody's character. Like they would they try to have him. He wasn't even doing all that before WrestleMania. Why are you gonna be doing that for this little throwaway match? So yeah, they I don't know. They 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 losing me. Like I watch, I watch Raw and SmackDown on Hulu. And when you watch Raw and SmackDown on Hulu, you don't even watch the whole show. You just watch the good parts. Hulu on the show is like an hour or something. So I haven't even been sitting down watching the whole product because it's like, just like I saw the mid, the mid fought Seth Rollins. Come on, you know who that? Come on. Like, hey, that was, we were talking about that though. Me and Mister Everything. That was actually a really good match, and the mid yeah. were really strong in that match, even though Seth Rollins took the win. Yeah, but you knew from the gate who would go. Even when I seen that. I was like, I know damn well Seth Rollins ain't about to lose to the Miz. I think something <laughs> happened and they just threw that in there. Yeah, but I think everybody's trying to show face for this whole uh, for this whole uh, draft, man. And people got to start looking strong. I think that the security guard spot with Cody Rhodes was to try to make him look strong against Brock Lesnar. Because Brock Lesnar victimized Cody Rhodes on TV twice. Uh, well, at least one time he manhandled him. I don't know if he, he did it again, but just the sheer force of, of Brock Lesnar coming against uh, Cody Rhodes, man. I don't know. The story really doesn't translate to me because it doesn't make sense on why they're fighting. Why wouldn't they do this before WrestleMania to make Cody look like a real strong competitor against Brock? And I know they don't want to look Brock look. They don't want to make Brock look weak. Um but man, some of their strong guys, the big strong guys, man, have been looking oh so weak lately. Uh <laughs> just because of the the weird matchups that some of these people are being put on. Uh for Cody versus Brock Lesnar, I'm not sure if I'm too excited to see it. And I don't want to see Cody Rose go over Brock. I'm sorry. I want Brock to destroy Cody Rose. It don't make sense to put 
Cody over Brock. What's the next move after you put Brock Lesnar? You put Cody against one of the strongest guys in WWE. Who do you who does Cody who does Cody go to next? Omos? Bobby Lashley? He about to be Cody. Cody about to do what I said they were gonna do to Cody when he first got there. He about to be doing he he gonna be headed to the damn mid car because they're not they they need to change a whole lot of shit on WWE. Now that WrestleMania is over, it should have been a whole humongous reset because they're doing too much. At least that's what I did like with what they did with the Judgment Day and all them because that was different. And they definitely needed uh they definitely needed something. But they need to keep that up and keep changing it because like I said, it's getting a I don't want to see Sammy and and KO fighting the Usos every freaking week. Yeah. Like, it gets it gets so old. Like, oh, they got they got they got to do something. They got too much talent and they're not using the talent. And I think that's where they're starting to they're starting to they're starting to hurt themselves. Yeah, I think that's uh, something that we were alluding to a little bit earlier. Uh, me and Mister Everything, how AEW has a lot of great matches, but they don't really have any storylines that you can get invested into really uh, as a fan, as a casual watcher. Uh, oh, AEW not a devote person who enjoys the product but just as a casual watcher uh, i want to be invested in some of the the matches that i see even though they're great five star four star matches or whatever the case may be the matches are good but then after i see it i don't care <laughs> you know what i'm saying so um i think that's the whole thing with uh aw and wwe is falling into that still category where the same people keep fighting each other each week and it's nothing really going on and so this draft hopefully is here to shake a couple of things up, and we are here for it. Oh man, LP, it's been a great show, man. Uh, a lot of stuff been happening, um, but you got a important fashion show coming up. We plugged it at the beginning of the show, but real quick, LP, uh, what you got going on, and where can the people find you? Uh, this Sunday, I have the Renaissance Fashion Show going on at the Durham Armory in Durham, North Carolina. Doors open at 12 o'clock. Kids and teen show starts at 2. The main show starts at 3. I got like 12 designers, over 20 vendors. Already over 200 tickets sold. So it's going to be a packed house. So, uh, you know, definitely come out. You can't buy tickets at the door. Um... Yeah, just 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 come out and be prepared to see a crazy fashion show. Oh man, and where can people find you, brother? Oh yeah, as always, you can find me on Instagram. We'll spare the word out. One click photography shoots, and just look at everything I got going on up there. All right, all right, my man. Uh, my name is Brian Renegade. You can find me on all platforms at Brian Renegade uh, and check out some of the things that I got going on. And if you want to follow the show, beautiful people, well, the only thing that you got to do is follow us on our social medias. Uh, you can go to our Instagram at the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast. You can go to our Facebook group at the Best Damn Wrestling Nation. You can follow our Facebook page, the BD Wrestling Podcast. That's where we have all the good stuff uh, for you guys to check out. You go to our Twitter at Best Damn Crew. You can follow us on Twitch at the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast. And you can follow our TikTok at Best Damn Wrestling <laughs> Podcast. Show your boys some love on that thing. And if you want to support the show, 
financially or if you know somebody they got some monies in their pockets and they won't support your boys and what we're doing uh you can go to our patreon www.patreon.com backslash the best damn wrestling podcast for as low as five dollars uh you can get all kind of stuff we got hoodies we got cups we got mugs we got aprons we got hats we got all kind of goodies for your pleasure. So go to our Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash the best damn wrestling podcast to support the show. LP. Oh, man. We do this every week. We try to leave the people with some encouragement, uh, a, a final word, uh, a, a word of motivation. Uh as it says. And you got a lot of stuff going on, my brother. Do you have a final word for the beautiful people? Ah, uh, oh man. Um I know a lot of stuff I say I always sound about the same, but you know, I, I, I really gotta say if you got a dream or you got a vision something you wanna do, just push it. It may happen today, it may happen tomorrow, it may happen three years from now, but just set your goals and stay the course. Set your goals and stay the course. Stay focused on what you got going on. Don't fall for the distractions. If you tell somebody that you love your dream and they shoot it down, it won't meant for them to know how. Keep doing your thing. Everybody ain't got to have the same vision that you do because God didn't give it to them. So keep on pushing. Keep doing your thing and keep grinding. That was beautiful words from your boy, LPC. Uh... Beautiful people, I think the final word or word of advice that I would give to you guys is enjoy moments before they become memories. Um, sometimes in this life, we could be so distracted with everything that we got going on. We can let our stress uh, and things that we stress over become a distraction and, and steal away precious moments like spending time with our kids or just feeding the ducks while you're out on the walk or you're enjoying the people that's close by you, that love you and that are there for you. Sometimes we can overlook those moments and, and uh, you know, we take those for granted and then when something happens, we're like, oh man, I wish I can, you know, spend time with such and such again or I wish I can talk to this person again and tell her that I'm sorry or something like that or become so uh, oblivious to what's going on and you're working so hard that you forget to spend time with the kids or people in your life and then you're looking back at it you're like man I worked hard but I didn't get time to really spend quality time with my friends and family the way I wanted to because my nose was down to the ground and the things that I thought were important weren't really all that important so enjoy moments before they become memories and be in the moment, be present uh, whenever you're sharing your time with the people that you love. LP, was that a good word? Oh, yeah, that was a very good. That was a Mr. Rogers neighborhood kind of word. Oh, hey, man, my brother, you know what I'm saying? I try to get my philosophical on every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> try to drop some knowledge on these people. Uh, we are a wrestling podcast. Uh, we can talk about anything else we got. Uh, a lot of avenues that we do, but we're positive uh, black brothers talking about uh, some things that's interesting to us. And we also find time to give you guys some inspiration 
as you go about your week. But it has been a beautiful show. Thank you for joining us. Beautiful people. Best damn nation. Check us out on Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your podcast. You can listen to the boys at the Best Damn Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we will see you guys next Wednesday on the next Best Damn Wrestling Podcast. LP, you are a gentleman and a scholar, sir. Beautiful people, we did you. I do.